0: Podcast number 27, January 31st, 2022. This podcast follows the written version with additional extemporaneous thoughts and editorials. Read one and listen to the other, please, for a complete understanding of my passion to advocate for better teaching practices. This is quite a title, isn't it? Is the Death of American Education Preventable? The death of public education may be ours to forecast, to experience firsthand, or ours to prevent. It is entirely up to you. I've previously addressed what's wrong with American education. Here's the summary, in case you forgot. America's universities are not providing real-world teacher training because their professors do not have real-world experiences. Chronically complaining parents and entitled students who seldom are condemned by those in authority, pride themselves in driving out teachers. Inept administrators who find it challenging to navigate today's issues, hide in their offices, acting more like adversaries than advocates for their staff. Teachers who chose the profession for the wrong reasons continue to shortchange our children. The overt infiltration of political organizations, with an agenda to change the fabric of a democracy through its vulnerable children, are altering subject matter and teaching ethics. School boards who act as a rubber stamp for ideologues, or don't act at all, starve our children of a competitive education for the world they are about to join. A culture who accepts low pay and poor conditions for teachers as the norm acts as a conduit for low expectations and low outcomes of its children. A country where education is not first and foremost loses respect and recognition on the world stage. But there is yet another factor causing our country's public education to suffer. And here it is. The quality of our public education appears to be defined by our zip codes. I was five years old when this country shook from within at the volcanic wake up call from civil rights leaders. That call, boldly shouted through the din of ignorant opposition. Our children of color were not receiving the same education, which included instruction, facilities, supplies, quality of teachers, as those of our white children. Whereas at five years old, the full impact of the civil rights movement seemed more like black and white pictures of angry people and frightened children, it did leave an impression on me. I would hope that impression served itself well in my 46 years of teaching. I believe it did. In my opinion, segregation is rearing its ugly head some 68 years later. The schools which house those children of color and the poor cannot compete with schools in higher socioeconomic areas. How do we fix this? It is time for this country to embrace school choice and or the voucher system. Here's an interesting chart from the Foundation for Economic Education. And I would encourage you to go to the blog and see the chart in its entirety so that you can better understand the impact. But for right now, I will read it to you. These are groups that support school vouchers. 74% of those with an income less than $20,000 support school vouchers. Sixty-nine percent of African Americans support school vouchers. Sixty-eight percent of Republicans support school vouchers. Sixty-four percent of high school grads support school vouchers. The argument for school vouchers and school choice is actually a separate conversation. School choice allows parents to move their children to schools which are better suitable. Such a move is not funded directly with state or federal monies, but school choice does negatively impact the funding of public schools in general. Currently, there are 21 states offering school choice, this according to the American Federation for Children. School vouchers, on the other hand, are a sort of a scholarship program or, if you will, a savings account which allows students to use state and federal funds for their school of choice. In other words, the per capita state federal money follows the child. Currently, there are 16 states using the voucher program. Here's an op-ed found in USA Today, written by Christopher Ryskowski, and I quote, Survey after survey shows bipartisan public support. Let me go back and emphasize the word bipartisan public support for school choice policies, notably among families with the most at stake in our educational system. And while some fellow educators and I may still have reservations about non-traditional choice ideas, we have a responsibility to listen to what many families and communities are saying. And I continue quoting. According to a survey of likely 2020 voters, Democrats for Education Reform, that is D-F-E-R, found that 81% of voters, including 81% of Democratic primary voters and 89% of Black Democratic primary voters, support expanding access to more choices and options within the public school system, including magnet schools, career academies, and public charter schools. And I continue quoting, a recent EdChoice public opinion survey found that 78% of Democrats agreed with 78% of Republicans and 77% of independents in favoring education savings account. I'm going to read that one more time because anytime you can have Democrats, Republicans, and independents agreeing at three-fourths. Uh, 75% or more, that's pretty important that we pay attention. So I will read that again. A recent EdChoice public opinion survey found that 78% of Democrats agreed with 78% of Republicans and 77% of independents in favoring education savings accounts, which let families access money usually funneled to school districts to spend on education-related expenses for their child. Current school parents were 85% in favor of ESAs, ESAs or Educational Savings Accounts, as were 78% of African-Americans and 79% of Hispanic respondents. And I end quote. Whether it be school choice and or the voucher system, they both ignite conversations of hot debate. The one resounding question Would the school choice voucher system deplete public schools of needed funding? The short answer is yes. But perhaps it is time for our public schools to take on more of a business model where it is survival of the fittest and not survival of the poorest supported by federal and state funding. The word competition in this new world order has taken on negative traits. In the constructs of socialism, competition is not warranted, nor is it welcomed. Is that where American education is headed? Another simple answer is, again, yes. The elimination of trophies, prizes, recognition, grades, and winning is a direct result of a society embracing mediocrity so that everyone feels happy. Unfortunately, through this boneheaded approach, American children have lost their place of future membership to a fast-paced world. According to Business Insider, the U.S. now ranks 27th in the world in education. America must stop ignoring her children, who are her future. The time is now, and the actions are these. Run, do not walk, to the closest ballot box in November to ensure elected leaders reflect this country's ideals and not the political whims of a small minority. Legislate school choice and or the voucher system in all states. At the same time, improve educational delivery through better teacher preparation at the university level. And also at the same time, ensure all schools are well equipped with rudimentary things like Wi-Fi, computers, clean facilities, books, supplies. Make sure administrators and school boards are properly vetted. Mandate lack of success schools receive immediate consequences. Stop teaching ideologies of socialism and get back to preparing our children for the 21st century of a country built on achievement and competition through democracy. The opening of this podcast stated, The death of public education may be ours to forecast to experience firsthand, or ours to prevent. Let's vote at the ballot box for the latter. It is time we prevent the further downward spiral, ending in the ultimate death of American education. Tune in soon. Here's a tease. Oh, and this is a big one. But not only just for teachers, but also for students and parents. How to deal with the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde administrators who are driving away good teachers and lessening the impact of productive education. Please share this link with any and all. Read more of my thoughts at rescuetheteacher.com. That's rescue the teacher all one word, .com. If you're experiencing unfair practices in your teaching position, or if you know of someone who is, please reach out to them with my special email that I've set up just for this. And that email is teacher again, all one word, at yahoo.com. teacher at yahoo.com. And here's even a better idea. Propose a book study of Rescue the Teacher, Save the Child for your school district. I would be happy to come and lead it. Thanks, everyone, and have a great rest of the day.